So, are you DTFF? Once again, here is Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Welcome back to the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. Happy Tuesday evening, everyone. We are back at it again, here to give you all that great content you are craving. With me, as always, I wouldn't do a show without him, my co-host, Jacob Trowbridge. Jake, how are you doing this evening? I'm good. You don't have any of those solo shows lined up that I'm unaware of? A little Thursday night special coming up? Nothing like that? Nope. None of that. Sorry. Right, cool. Sorry to disappoint. No, I, I, it's honestly, it's a relief. Okay. <laughs> I'm doing swell tonight. I'm doing the swellest, you might say, because we are in the week and month of actual NFL football. Oh, it's so it makes nothing brings me more pleasure than to know like actual football is happening and there's real news, not like this player is in the greatest shape of his life. Well, I would hope so. It's an NFL athlete. Like they're supposed to be like the top 1% of the top 1% of athletes in the world. Like let's be honest. So I would expect them all to show up in great shape. And let's be honest, any shape is better than my shape. So uh so that that's automatically better than me. <laughs> that's that's fair. Um, no, I, I agree with you. And I always think that it's the season of coach speak that's upon us here, where it's, you know, uh, everything that comes out that you want to hear about your guy or guys, mm-hmm. and you get super excited and you hype it up and you retweet it and you tell all your friends. And then anything that comes out about the, the guys you don't like so much, then you're like, eh, I don't got to pay attention to that. It's the offseason. None of this matters. It's very selective what we do in the offseason. That's all. It is. It is. But I'm glad there's actual real NFL going on. We're only, a, what, two weeks or so away from the Hall of Fame game, I believe. Uh, I don't have the exact date. All I know is I'm getting really excited for it because uh, I know that's like the first taste of NFL action. And I don't care that like none of the starters are going to play. It's real NFL football. And, and that's just going to make it. me so happy. Can I can I break this news to you right now? Because oh. you don't know, there is an NFL game this Thursday what? at 7 p.m. Central Time, sir. Yes, I, I feel, I've never gotten to do this before, and certainly not while we've been recording. This is yes, not the Cowboys and Steelers will be having the very first preseason game of the NFL this Thursday, is Justin, it, is August fifth, listeners. Is it is it the Hall of Fame game? I don't know if it's the Hall of Fame game. Or just it some sort of expedition. Ex- ex- generic uh, hmm. game. But it, but it's happening. And I, I don't care what they call it. They could tag it anything. That's they right. They could call it the Hall of Losers. They could call it uh, Don't Bother Watching This. It doesn't matter. They could name it whatever they want. You, you I will know, be tuning in. Do you know what the name sure. is going to be? It, it's yeah. going to be the Hard Knocks game. Since the Cowboys are, are the Hard Knocks team this year. So... Um, maybe that's going to be like the first game every year from now on is whatever team is, is, uh, doing hard knocks. They automatically get like an extra preseason game or something in there. They need the footage for the show. That's right. You know, they got to get something going here or something aggregated. So, mm-hmm. uh, I like it. Uh, but yes, Dustin, it's happening in two days from now or whenever you're listening to this listener, it's very soon. I yes. promise you. Very well, exciting happens, stuff. Maybe if you catch us a little too late. 
That's right. So we've got a great show uh, tonight. We are doing bold predictions, not hot takes. We're not hot takey on the show. They're bold predictions, things that we think there, there's an outside chance of it actually happening this coming season. We're not just going to throw crap out there just to make some wild claim of, you know, Andy Dalton's going to be the over overall QB one this season. That's not what we're doing. That would be bullshit and it would be stupid. <laughs> that's right. We have more respect for you than that. That's right. But these are not, these are, I would say they're borderline likely to happen. It's just not expected that's out right. in the world to happen. That's but from right. our perspective, uh, yeah, very yeah, much so. Absolutely. But before we get into it, a few things to cover as always. Uh, first, Jake, I want to talk about this and I just threw it on the show sheet, like literally right before we started. The news coming out of Indy, it seems like that team is imploding right now with injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got their all-star offensive lineman having surgery, Carson Wentz, uh, having surgery out for that really weird timeline of five to 12 weeks. Uh, so both of them with the exact same yeah. foot injury, apparently in the exact same timetable. It's very conspicuous. And, and what's going on with the, uh, the, the, the trainers there. I mean, that they're getting, or maybe the field that they're playing on. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's very suspicious. Something. And I'm not usually very suspicious of things like that, but this seems a little odd. Let's be honest. Um, So, Jake, my question for you here is how does this affect the other fantasy relevant players on the team? Uh, Let's start with JT there. Does this affect him for you? Are you going to bump him down your redraft rankings at all uh, because of this news or are you going to bump him up? Well, let's uh, let me start with my little bit of context here, which is I believe that the Colts do trade for an adequate quarterback before the season starts because they are still in a position to compete this year, but they need a quarter. Their backups are not going to do it. Jacob Eason, Sam Ellinger, I think, are the two backups. Mm -hmm. They're not going to do it. They need somebody. I've heard teams thrown out. Nick Foles, of course, always gets mentioned anytime Carson Wentz is out for any period of time. Poor Carson Wentz. possible. (laughs) I, meanwhile, think that the Bears should actually trade Andy Dalton, speaking of, to uh, Indy. So that way we get to see Justin Fields start week one, and then Andy Dalton can start week one elsewhere and be competent with them. Um, But anyways, after in, uh, it's the Quentin Nelson news that is more detrimental to me. I mean, he is the elite tier of offensive linemen. Now we have three running backs in that backfield who Mm -hmm. could be used significantly all three of them honestly jonathan taylor at the top but naeem hines a lot of pass catching work a lot of goal line work last year and then marlon mack coming back from injury apparently looks very good after that achilles scare the same one that took out cam Akers here mm-hmm. earlier and he looks good so i think all of those guys now get a bump up in usage overall uh, their efficiency all probably goes down except for naeem hines naeem hines as still the main pass catcher I think he gets maybe a bump up for me because they'll probably have to dump it off more. Mm-hmm. They'll probably have to use that short passing game even more now. And Jonathan Taylor should also have that offset, you know, where he's getting some more passes still, I think. But yeah, it's, it's a knockdown for him. He's not in my top seven or eight right now for running backs, but he's right on the cusp. All right. So he is currently uh, being drafted overall ninth overall in redraft ppr um he is too frisky for me he's the eighth running back off the board Mm. Mm. 
Okay. So I'm guessing only Travis Kelsey, probably the non-running yes. back yes. going ahead of him out of yep. that group. Okay, yep. that, at that point, it might make sense, although it would be pretty nice to take Devontae there with Aaron Rodgers for sure coming back. At that point, that might mm-hmm. be my move uh, and pivot away from him just because there's a little bit more assurance there with, with a guy like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I'd probably bump him down a little bit. I might drop him into that kind of mid-second round range, uh, more of where like your Antonio Gibson, Najee Harris, CEH level, only because I think with the offensive line and, and not not being able to trust the quarterback to push the ball downfield necessarily, uh, where, where maybe the, the, the defenders can stack the box a little bit more that that would kind of button things up a little bit for JT. So I, I mean, for me, he takes just a little bit of a notch down. Uh, and if he falls, you know, further than that in my redraft league, well, I'm going to snatch that value up all day. Um, I, you know, he still has that potential, I think, to finish as an RB one. Um, but it really depends on how long Carson Wentz is out. I mean, if Wentz is out, you know, misses maybe just like the first or second week of the season and comes back, you know, JT will probably be fine. But if this drags on until, you know, more of that 12 week timetable, yeah, I'd be a little bit more concerned. So what do you think about the other uh, the pass catchers on the team with like Pittman and Paris Campbell, T.Y. Hilton, Jack Doyle? I mean, any, any interest in any of these guys? I already didn't like them before this news came out. I already had gone on record as saying none of these guys are going to finish inside like top 40 for wide receivers. I, I just don't. I never saw that as a realistic outcome for them, even though I liked Carson Wentz. Like he was always going to use the pass catchers a lot. He was always going to use the tight ends a lot. And depending on if they bring in, I don't even know what the Marcus Mariota, if they bring in Marcus Mariota or somebody like that, that they can trade mm-hmm. for, then maybe, maybe I'm willing to get back on Pittman or Campbell's going late enough. You know, Paris Campbell maybe would be a dark throw, but otherwise mm-hmm. I'm out. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same here. Uh, one name that I haven't heard thrown around, and I'm not quite sure why, um, is Blake Bortles. Uh, and I know he's not a super mm. sexy name, but he was just released by the Packers here at the start of training camp. So he is a free agent. I haven't heard of him signing with anyone else. I mean, he's had some decent seasons. I feel like he could float you through until Wentz is back and healthy. And I would think he's got to be an upgrade over the other two guys on the, the roster right now. Not much of an upgrade, but at least he's had NFL game experience. He's played in big games. Uh-huh. He's made big throws. Like, I mean, we, we've seen him do it at a somewhat high level, uh, especially fantasy-wise. So I, I don't know why I haven't heard that name brought up, you know, over Twitter or some of the pod, other pods I've been listening to. But, yeah, I, I think that'd be an interesting fit for him. And they could probably get him pretty cheap, too. Yeah, I was going to say his acquisition costs cannot be very high mm-hmm. considering what he's done the last few years. And yeah, it's a little bit of a, a security blanket there, if you want to call him that. Uh, it would be interesting. Um, I still, I don't know what I would do with any of the pass catchers if that happened. I think they'd all stay off my squads for the most part. Mm-hmm. Well, Jake, um, this is embarrassing for me. Um, I forgot to hit the broadcast button to go live. <laughs> 
So, we, so, so we've just been recording for the last uh, ten minutes um, without any anybody watching us. So, uh, viewers out there, if you're just tuning in, sorry for the late start. We have been uh, uh, bullshitting about the Indianapolis Colts for like the last ten minutes here. So, you guys really didn't miss Ooh, a whole we lot. Have a podcast, a a listener exclusive is what you there call we go. that. That first fifteen minutes, you want that? You're gonna have to go download the episode. That's right. That. Yeah, we're not gonna go rehash that, but uh, but yeah, we we just had a very live lively conversation about the Indianapolis Colts uh, with, with some of the injury news on the team. So uh, my apologies to all of our, our listeners that love to watch us uh, and our, and see our beautiful faces while we talk. So, uh, but yeah, you'll have to go back and download the episode and, and listen to it uh, to get that content. It was good so, too. It was real good. Yeah. Yeah. Juicy. Like better than we've ever done before. Uh, yeah. I would say a plus plus plus. All right. I, but let's, let's move on here. So, um, we've got our beer of the week this week. Uh, Jake, you provided this for us. We are drinking Guinness. Ooh. I think everybody's drought. Yes. Mind We're, you, which is much different. It's got the little the nitrogen, regular. uh, thing in there. So, um, yeah. you have to pour with care. Yeah. The, the fucking instructions on this thing <laughs> reads like how to dismantle a bomb though. And this is what I forget about this kind of Guinness. Right, because it's different than the regular just stout, where mm-hmm. you don't have to deal with any of this. Uh, which that stuff is a little heavier than this version. This is just a little lighter, so it's nitrogen mm-hmm. based. But it, here's the whole instruction: Upon opening, the famous round plastic widget in every can unleashes nitrogen through the beer, creating the creamy head and iconic surge that is distinctively Guinness. To best enjoy, open the can and wait a moment for the nitrogen to release. Pour into a glass, tilt it at 45 degrees. Watch the surge and settle, and then enjoy. Just let me have my fucking beer, Guinness. Why are you putting me through all of this? But they have a standard. They've been around forever and a day at this point. Uh, and let's be honest, it's it's a very drinkable dark beer. For those of you out there that don't like dark beers, this is probably the one that you should foray for a your 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 dark dark beer uh, palate into because uh, yeah, it's a very easy dark drinking beer. It, it doesn't taste like uh, a stout should. It's got a nice light toasty flavor to it, uh, and not very heavy. It's not heavy at all. So um, this is the first non shit beer that I got into drinking as a, a fresh fresh beer drinker mm-hmm. you know it wasn't bud light didn't do a bush light none of that it's like oh this is a real beer and i moved into this, this is night. a craft beer yeah <laughs> yes well it's an import you know yeah. an import makes you makes you feel fancy if nothing else um but i i still like it mm-hmm. i don't know does it hold up to what you remember because i know it's been a while for you too it does it does um i i, I mean i've never had a problem with guinness it's like i said easy drinker if there's I mean, these days it's impossible not to find something on tap that's that's better than Guinness, in my opinion. Sure. But sure. you know, say you're say you're at your local towny bar, small town, visiting friends from high school or some some shit like that, and all they have is your domestics on tap, and then they have your Guinness. I mean, you go for the Guinness. Easy, easy, no questions asked. So, yeah, I like th- yeah, me too. All right. All right. So, should we get to into our segment? favorite segment? Oh, yeah. Drunk, 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 trade of the week. This week's drunk trade comes to us from Twitter, uh, from, an, from a submitter who does not realize that they submitted. 
We did not get any proper submissions this week. So you know what I did? I did a little detective work. I went on to the Twitter sphere and I dug deep to find somebody who's talked about a damn drunk trade recently. And I just so happened to come across one from at Dynasty Jake, who has previously submitted a trade mm-hmm. to us, though not this particular one. So the uh, the preamble here, this was an off-season move in one of my favorite leagues, he says. Won the championship last year and wanted to retool. This trade was a drunk trade. Still like it looking back. This happened, this was posted in late April. So this happened obviously sometime between the end of the previous season and April. Here's what happened. This is a super flex uh, PPR 12-team league. No tight end premium, nothing like that. Sent away TJ Hawkinson, Chase Edmonds, and the 110 for this year's draft, received Darren Waller and the 111. So basically just chop off them picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, the difference between 110 and 111 yeah. is just not going to make any difference. So essentially this comes down to TJ Hawkinson and Chase Edmonds or Darren Waller. And um, uh, I wasn't paying attention. My apologies. Was this a super flex league? <laughs> this is a super flex league. That is correct. Um, give me Waller and the 111. Yeah. I mean, it's close. I mean, I mean, it's close. It's not like it's a terrible trade either way. Um, I like, I mean, Waller is at this point, in my opinion, the number two tight end in the league, uh, just with his volume, his his health he's had. Uh, you know, he, he's one of the top three elite tight ends, which to have that in the super flex league is great. I love Hawkinson. I think he's going to have a really solid year, but he's still not going to crack that top three. And I think the scoring... Is going to be a significant enough. Um, and Chase Edmonds, good piece. I like him as maybe your RB3 uh, or maybe your flex play if you need to. Um, I mean, he's going to be a usable piece, but I'd, I'd rather take the the for sure points with Waller here. Fully agree. I, I love what you said about Edmonds. We talked in a previous episode about those weird backfields and kind of the toss up between Connor and Edmonds in Arizona this year. Uh, I know we're we're a little bit split on that, but we both think they'll both be usable. And mm-hmm. like you said, for this year, beyond this year, I have no uh, inkling about what he's going to be doing or not doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he could very easily be replaced. But for this year, great. Hawkinson will get targets. That's great, but he's not Waller. Waller is my tight end two right now, so I would much rather have him than any uncertainty at this mm-hmm. Yep, and Dave in the chat says Waller as well. So Waller is all around. Dave Toronto back with agreeance in Waller in this one. So we are, that makes three of us now on board with Darren Waller mm-hmm. in this one, uh, which is great because that's who he received in this drunk trade. So well done, uh, well sir. Well done, other Jake, who did not submit this drunk trade. Number two. Us. Jake, number two? Number two. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, that counts. All right. So. We're pretty excited here, and I know, Jake, you're going to do our, our ad read, but we have a very new sponsor for the show. So, Jake, why don't you uh, uh, read us in here? We are thrilled to have this week's episode brought to you by Poor Richard's Farm. Poor Richard's Farm offers 100% grass-fed beef snack sticks from European beef cattle raised ethically on their Wisconsin family farm. This place is literally up the road from us. Uh, I mean, not up the road, but up, up the road. You know, it's like a 15-minute drive from where we are here in Madison. 
Um, but Poor Richard's Farm combine all natural ingredients. They use no fillers, no artificial preservatives. They vacuum seal their beef sticks to remain shelf stable. Their cattle are never given supplemental hormones or antibiotics, but are given fresh air and open spaces, which makes for physically and emotionally healthier animals. All of Poor Richard's Farm beef sticks are smoked with real hardwood chips and come in a variety of flavors, including barbecue hickory, teriyaki maple, and Tex-Mex mesquite. Dustin, I had the Tex-Mex mesquite before we came on. I Same believe Z's. you did as well. I sure did. Holy God, that was good. It was that so was good. Delicious. I, I no had, BS. And, I had to ahead. stop myself from eating all the samples they sent. Um, just because I wanted to be able to to preview it on, on future shows here, uh, it's going to be hard. It was it was that good. Like I could have just I could have just downed the entire uh, selection of them because it was excellent. Absolutely, that one has a nice little kick of heat if you're mm-hmm. interested in that. Um, but right now, our listeners can get five percent off their order using the promo code DTFF at checkout. Also, when you buy three or more packs of their delicious all natural beef sticks. You get free shipping on that bad boy. So visit poorrichardsfarm.com today. I assure you, you won't be disappointed. Yeah, I, I got some of the, the sticks here. So you can see them. They're, they're Look delicious. Look at them things. And I, I love, they, they sent us a little swag as too. They sent us some uh, beer koozies. I love their slogan on the back, if you can read this. Can't, Can't beat, beat our meat. Our meat. I love that. It's clever. I love it. But no, that uh, we are excited to have them sponsoring us. And it is really excellent beef sticks. Uh, I've eaten plenty of beef sticks in the day. Again, if you've seen my shape, you'll you'll see this and know it. Uh, I, I love a good beef stick. And these are terrific. Yeah, sometimes with these, you know, with these promos, with these ads, you, you feel like you might have to lie just to make them sound good. And we didn't actually have to do that, which is just really nice and reassuring because <laughs> they actually are that good. They really are. So uh, should we get into the heart of our episode here? Talking about the meat, would you say, Dustin? Oh, 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 absolutely. Yeah. And and for um, just because, you know, I forgot to hit broadcast live uh, for our listeners. We are doing bold predictions this week. um, But I think, Jake, you made another little intro video for us. Uh, So let's take a look at that and then we will get right down into it. That was just terrific, Jake. I love those videos you do. Uh, makes me wish I was more creative and do something with my life. Uh, but yeah, let's <laughs> let's get into it. Uh, bold predictions here. So uh, we will we will take each position, each each of the fantasy relevant positions here, and we'll each give our bold prediction. Uh, I'm guessing, I'm guessing there's probably going to be some beer bets made here uh, uh, with with some of these bets. Um, Certainly, yeah. So I can Jake? guarantee it as a matter of fact, which, by the way, so I know we kicked them back off last week. Really, that's the first week where we mm-hmm. made like a bunch of beer bets now, which should have been happening for so much longer. So I feel like there's still a lot of gas in that ca- in that tank that we're going to have to let loose in this mm-hmm. episode. So I'm excited to let loose that gas. Though. Absolutely. Me, too. So I, I will lead us off here. Um, and I don't know which one I, I want to do, but um, 
because I, I have a couple for each position here. I was being an overachiever with the show sheet this week. Um, but my bold prediction is Baker Mayfield is going to lead the AFC North for QBs in points this season. He's going to do better than Lamar. He's going to score more points than Big Ben, more points than Joe Burrow. He is going to be the QB1 in the AFC North. Hachi Chachi, Justin. I am very interested in this, in your perspective, Mm -hmm. for one name and one name only. I think the majority of of everyone (laughs) can get on board (laughs) with this for three, excuse me, for two out of three of the remaining QBs, but Lamar Jackson. Huh? Lamar Jackson. I know. Well, it's Baker not. is going to outperform him. It's not bold if it's easy. Let's be honest. Oh, that's true. Hey, the, the dispute is never whether this is bold <laughs> or not. This is obviously very bold. But why do you think it's Baker over Lamar this year? Um, You know, what we saw coming out of the end of last season for the Browns, uh, we kind of saw that offense really get it together. It was Stefanski's, you know, first year as head coach. Baker's had a new offensive coordinator slash head coach for like the first three years in the league. This is the first time he's got consistency and the Browns have all the pieces there to make that happen. They've got OBJ who I'm expecting to bounce back this season. You got Jarvis Landry, the always underappreciated reports out of camp. Donovan Peoples Jones is reportedly doing very well and looked very good. He was training with Baker in the off season. Apparently you've got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt who are, good pass catchers, especially Kareem Hunt, but um, Nick Chubb is also a good pass catcher in his own right. And then you've got the the mix of tight ends there with um, Austin Hooper, you got Njoku, and is it Harrison Bryant, uh, their first round mm-hmm. or draft pick from last year. Um, so just with all that combined, and like I said, we saw this offense really start to click the second half of the season. Uh, all that's just a recipe for success for the Browns. And... And their defense isn't anything to sneeze at either. So this defense could give problems for the other opposing offenses in this division. Interesting. So I looked up while you were saying that, by the way, their ADP. Because this is what this is where you can find your personal values mm-hmm. uh, in your drafts coming up here. So Lamar Jackson is going as QB4 currently. So obviously much higher than you would probably prefer to draft him. Correct. Meanwhile, Baker is going QB 17. He's currently going right after Deshaun Watson and right before Kirk Cousins. So for you coming into this year, how high do you think Baker can finish? What's his ceiling this year? I think he could finish um, well within the top 10. Hmm. Wowzers. Yeah. And if, you know, Lamar has a little bit of an offseason or, uh, you know, if their their revamped wide receiver core doesn't play out. I mean, Lamar has got that very safe floor with his rushing ability and the rushing touchdowns. But what if for some reason they don't want him running quite as much, taking those hits and, you know, they give J.K. Dobbins more of those uh, goal line touches and he gets, you know, kind of vultures some of those touchdowns away from Lamar. Well, that's taking away a big chunk of, of what Lamar has been scoring his points with because it sure hasn't been from passing touchdowns. I know, I know he had that outlier season a couple years ago, uh, but really we haven't seen him throw a ton of passing touchdowns. Uh, I know we're all hopeful. You know, we love Mark Andrews and, um, I love the draft pick of Bateman there. But, you know, if things don't break the right way, 
it, it's, it's not possible that Lamar could not return that value and be, you know, low end QB one. I do like what you say about the passing going up, because I think that's what everybody sees and says, like, well, he's going to be so much better in the passing game. Okay, yes, but if he is, then you take away the more valuable rushing mm-hmm. attempts that he gets there. I mean, I, boy, I'm still not ready to put Baker above him. The other two shits in this division, yeah, absolutely. What? And that's probably too disrespectful to Burrow, because I know a lot of people would probably also prefer Burrow to Baker. Uh, I would be Team Baker in that um, in that one, because I'm really worried about Burrow's offensive line. And Ben, you know, he's there. Yep, he's, he He'll is. probably be good for spot starts <laughs> for you this year. I like that. Uh, holy spicy. Yes, yeah. as Dave pointed out in the chat, that is spicier than that Tex-Mex beef stick, which That's was right. already pretty spicy. It was. All right, Jake, hit me with your QB uh, bold prediction here. All right, my QB prediction for 2021 is that two rookie quarterbacks will finish inside the top 12 in points per game. I don't know if this sounds um, super bold off the cuff, but as you look back through the last three years, you'll see that in 2020, only Justin Herbert cracked the top 15. He was QB8 in points per game. In 2019, only only Kyler Murray cracked the top 15. He was QB12. And then Daniel Jones and Gardner Minshew were 17 and 18. In 2018, Mr. Lamar Jackson, in that stunning season that he had, if you only count his starts, because his was weird, mm-hmm. he was coming in and out while Flacco was starting. But if you only count his starts, he was QB 13 in points per game for that stretch. And Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, way down. QB 19, 20 in their rookie season. It doesn't happen really often for one of them to get inside the top 12, Mm -hmm. let alone for two of them. But holy hell, man, I've become so excited about Trey Lance, who I've always been high on him starting the majority of the season. I've always thought it was weird that Garoppolo would just automatically get a few starts just because. When you draft a guy QB, well, when you got draft a guy third overall in the NFL draft, mm-hmm. why are you letting this other guy who you wouldn't even commit to being alive on a Sunday <laughs> in the future if we go back to pre-draft with some of the comments <laughs> made by my coaching staff, to now all of a sudden he's going to start a majority of the games or a bunch of games? I don't buy it. Um, and Justin Fields now... Ooh, I, I, look, I know the coach speak is a thing that we have to be weary of, but the training camp clips that mm-hmm. come out too, I think I also need to strap myself in because it's going to be a long off season or a long training camp, I should say. But holy God, some of the dimes he's been throwing mm-hmm. in training camp are just... I know, it makes but me this... concerned as a Packer uh, Packer fan here that the Bears actually have a competent oh. quarterback. Uh, and I just want to say, Jake, I actually have in a points per game basis... Uh, yeah. Justin Fields already in the top 10 projected uh, in points per game. Um, My man. So, Justin so yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. And I, th- I think Lance can easily with his rushing ability and that offense, I think him himself solely him will be really good in San Francisco for fantasy and Justin Fields. Yes. Maybe Trevor Lawrence. I think we often forget about Trevor Lawrence's rushing upside too. Mm-hmm. And he, the big issue there is that offense, like that team. We don't know anything about Jacksonville right now. So everything's new. Arguably, he has the weapons. He has the clout, the draft capital, the previous college performance to all do it. So he could do it too. 
But if I had to pick two right now, it would be Lance and Fields. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson, though, things look great for him in training camp for right now. He finally signed his contract, and he's on the field, and his fellow rookie wideout, Elijah Moore, looks amazing, and I, I don't know. He has an outside chance, but for me, it's Lance and Fields, and I can see it happening. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't hate that at all. All right, so let's move on to running backs here. Uh, and apologies to everyone out there. This is going to be a little San Francisco slanted uh, uh, bold prediction show here for some reason. Uh, you know, and Jake and I didn't share these uh, ahead of time, so we didn't even have a chance to uh, uh, run this by by each other to uh, maybe uh, come up with something different. But nah, we let it ride. We got to come from the heart. We that's can't right. be tweaking just because of a team here. That's right. So my running back bold prediction for the season is Trey Sermon scores more points than the rest of the San Francisco running back group combined. I think he takes control of that backfield and I think he's going to run away with it. Is this, is this a health based prediction? Uh, that's production? partially. I mean, partially. <laughs> I mean, the Mostert. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, there, there's, it's partially, I mean, yet, uh, McCasty in there was a little bit banged up last year. Um, Jeff Wilson, you know, it's injured. Wayne at, Gallman. Wayne Gallman. sleeper Wayne Gallman. I mean, yeah, they just haven't been the bastion of health there uh, in that running back room for whatever reason. So, um, and San Francisco did trade up for him. You, you have to remember that. You don't trade up, what was it, third round to grab a running back yeah. uh, to not use him. So they have plans and designs on how they want to use him. They think he's going to work really well in this offense with that scheme. And I know everybody says that, well, it's the San Francisco, you know, their scheme. You can just plug and play anyone. Well, there's a reason they went out and got him. Uh, so they're going to use them. And while maybe early in the season, you know, you see uh, Raheem Mostert uh, get a little bit more play than, than Sermon. I think as the season goes on, that's going to that's really going to shift. And I think they're going to want, want to rely on one guy there. And that's going to be Trey Sermon. Do we get to count Kyle Juszczyk? in this since he's a fullback or is he excluded uh, that's part of, yeah he's in the running back that's it's running okay. back fullback i'm he's not i'm not like counting uh, 50 targets not counting trey lance <laughs> he's not a running back sure yes no of course but i just okay you, you know yeah. use check fullback i didn't yes. know if that was yeah no yeah I'll, I'll throw him in there i'm not scared okay <laughs> oh you should be scared about the juice that guy gets like 50 targets every year uh, like 10 rushing attempts. So you got to factor that in somehow. <laughs> I, I mean, this, like if you have a guy in this backfield that you're confident in, you should be drafting him super high. Because like you said, this offense always is conducive to really great running backs. Now, if one of them is going to run away with it, mm -hmm. that was an overuse of the word run probably there. But if one <laughs> of them is going to run away with it, then yeah, you should be going to get your guy. Can I ask how high you'd be willing to take Sermon in your redraft? Um, now let's, I'm just going to pull up where he's at right now. Currently being drafted just out of curiosity. Uh, yes, because fair enough. You have to overreach, obviously. For your yeah. Game. So Trey Sermon is currently the 33rd running back off the board going 75 overall. So what that's early seventh, seventh Remember round, that? right? Six times you 12 is 72. The for yeah, the seventh. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Seventh. I would take him in a heartbeat. Uh, I might okay. even take him, you know, uh, end of the six there if I happen to be at that turn late in the sixth round. 
Um, you know, when you look at some of the other guys going around him, um, you know, you've got Michael Carter for the Jets. I don't know. Melvin Gordon. I know they're saying good things about him right now in Denver. Damian Harris. Mm-hmm. Uh, right after him, you've got the duo of Tampa Bay running backs of Fournette and Ronald Jones, David Johnson. So, I mean, he has a lot of upside in that area where I wouldn't, I, I would not hesitate drafting him at that point, especially if he's going to slide into the late sixth, early seventh round. Yeah, I, I would have no issues taking him on my team. Nice. I like it. I'm going to be waiting to take Wayne Gallman because I'm that guy this year. You <laughs> go for it. You can pick him up off of waivers, I'm sure. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I can. Uh, my running back bold prediction is that no running backs from Tampa Bay should be on your roster unless you can get them super duper late. Uh, I don't project any Buccaneers running back to finish inside the top 35 for PPR. Now, I put 35 as my cutoff somewhat arbitrarily based on where current ADP is. So, are you Fournette? Yeah. Have, have you been looking at my projections? Why? Where do you where do you have these before I even get into it? Where do you have these guys? I, I have. I'm not. I'm not. No bullshit in here. Leonard Fournette, 36 overall. Ronald Jones, 37 overall. (laughs) My God, that's good. I was just basing this off of what current ADP was as of today. Mm -hmm. I just looked at where it was today. Yep. Because I've been off of these guys for for quite a while, Mm -hmm. but I was curious, like, where are they actually going? Yeah. Fournette is going in ADP as RB34 and Rojo RB35. So it's so funny. Nobody can peg down who the back to have is on this team, which speaks to what their projected outcomes probably are. We Mm -hmm. have no clear line of vision with these guys. None whatsoever. And last year didn't help. I mean, I know Fournette was not there for the entirety of the season, and he came on strong in the playoffs and all that. But all of that was only enough to put him one rank above Ronald Jones, not only in ADP, but in your own projections. Mm -hmm. That's not good. That doesn't bode well for these guys. And arguably, you could say, well, one of them will separate. You know, we don't know right now, and that's why ADP is clouded, and once training sorts things out. I don't think we do. That's the issue. I don't think it'll ever get sorted, Dustin. I don't think so either. I'm I'm right there with you. I mean, just with that offense, with Tom Brady, you know he's going to want to sling the ball, and then he loves to do his dump-off passes to a running back he trusts, which is going to be Geo. That's why they brought Geo in. So I don't, you know... I think it's going to be pretty evenly split for the most part between Fournette and Ronald Jones on first and second down. Maybe they'll ride whoever has the hot hand for that game. Third down is going to be Geo, and and that's going to be it. Like neither of them are are they're going to cannibalize each other. I feel like I am I am right there with you, Jake, a hundred percent on this. I love it. If you had if you, gun to my head, I had to. I had to for some reason, and I had to pick between Fournette and Rojo. Which is neither. The answer is, as you said, Gio Bernard, because one, he's going way later and he's catching passes. If I had to, I'd go Ronald Jones because he's a better runner than Leonard Fournette actually is. And Leonard Fournette's just, his only role there is going to be a thorn in the side of us fantasy managers. See, and now this is where we disagree. If I had to pick one, I would pick Leonard Fournette only because we've seen him produce at a very high level before. And he's been productive. He's caught passes where Ronald Jones, we haven't seen him put it all together yet. Um, We're at least with Fournette. We've seen him do it. Um, I want to say consistently, but he's had a couple of really good seasons where he's produced a lot of fan. Yeah. 
So yeah. so that's why I would go with Fournette, just because I've seen it before. That's fair. That's fair. It, but let's be honest. we are really quibbling over yes. which eye you want to get poked in. Exactly, yeah. Like, I don't really want either. No <laughs> but yeah, so take Geo at the very end of your draft, I think is what we're agreeing on here. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to wide receivers. Now, this one, I know which one I'm going to do here of my two. This this one's pretty easy for okay. me. Uh, I, I'm going to say C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper both finish as top 12 wide receivers. They're both going to be wide receiver ones this year. I love this. I mean, you got to just look at that. The way that offense started last year, totally derailed uh, when Dak got hurt. And, I mean, we've Amari Cooper's done it multiple times been a wide receiver one in the league and i'm trying to talk while i'm a pouring a beer you're pouring a beer this is just bad podcasting at this point it's very hard see if, if Dennis <laughs> would just get in line with every other beer and let me just pour it or drink it out of the can then we wouldn't have these issues see so if i could write a strongly worded letter to guinness it would start please make your thing easier to drink yes but um getting back to the duo of wide receivers in Dallas. I mean, we saw what that offense is capable of early in the season and the tear that they were on. Now, do I think it's going to be that explosive right out of the gate? No, I think a lot of that had to do with uh, the COVID shortened off season and defenses always lag behind the offenses because uh, offenses, you can just pitch and catch and kind of play a little bit more street ball where defense, you have to have, you have to be in your position and know your assignment to be able to cover the wide receivers and tight ends, you know, running backs coming out of the backfield. So, so I think that played into part of it, but this offense is still going to be really explosive this year and they're going to score a ton of points and, I, I do. I, I there's there's always that one duo of wide receivers. What it seems like every year, uh, or every other year, maybe where there is two in the top twelve. It, it happens almost every single year, and I feel like this is going to be the year that it, that it's these two. Uh, and I mean, C.D. Lamb. I mean, he. If it wasn't for Justin Jefferson last year, everyone would be talking about the rookie season that C.D. Lamb had because he had a great rookie season. He was just outshadowed by Justin Jefferson. So, uh, I mean, he he's proved it already in my eyes, um, and he's kind of lived up to that draft capital already. And, and I think just the Cowboys offensively are going to ball out this year, uh, which means the two of them are going to ball out. I don't hate this. And all it makes me think of is, boy, I wish I had Dak Prescott on, like, any of my teams. Because mm-hmm. I don't. <laughs> obviously as the purveyor of their top fantasy finishes i sure would like to have that quarterback too but i do have quite a bit of cd lamb and amari cooper out there although not on the same team which would be kind of three would you draft both on your team i, I always wonder this would you in redraft let's say if they're going around apart or somehow i don't know cooper's injury lags on enough or he drops an adp and mm-hmm. say they're two rounds apart hypothetically would you draft both um possibly depending on what my uh i mean you got to draft them so early though so i don't i suppose yes if that opportunity arose but i mean you're looking at um cd lamb right now is going uh 11th wide receiver off the board and amari cooper is going 16 i mean so they're within five spots of each other adp wise unless you're like at the turn or something and you can grab them but mm-hmm. uh i mean they're going um real early they're going in the fourth round end of the third early fourth so 
it would be hard to snag both of them. And like you said, maybe with Amari's injury, if it kind of lags on, you could do with round three, round four. Um, It'd be an interesting build. I think there's definitely Mm going to be boom weeks for one and bust weeks, you know, that same week, maybe a bust week for the other. Uh, I don't know that you can rely on both of them on a week to week. And then if they have a down game, Dallas has a down game now, then you're screwed over too. Yeah. So I I wouldn't advise it, but it'd make for an interesting build uh, for a redraft team. It really would. (laughs) Yeah. This is just the weird strategy things that I wonder about. Mm -hmm. QB wide receiver. Good. QB running back. Sometimes. Okay. Good. Wide receiver, wide receiver from the same team. I don't know. Now it gets dicey. Um, but speaking of wide receivers from the same team, notice that segue, which was ruined by me calling out the segue. <laughs> um, no, San Francisco pass catcher gets more than 100 targets. Now, I put this under wide receiver because the focal points here are Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. But if you ask me to extend this to George Kittle, I would do it. I would feel less confident in doing it, but I would still do it. And my thought process is such. One, our our friend of the show, J.J. Zacharyson, I say that because he's come on twice now. So technically, I think that counts as a friend of the show. He had an amazing episode about how rookie quarterbacks do not support multiple wide receivers historically, nor can they support a high-end tight end with a high-end wide receiver. It just mm-hmm. historically has not happened. So we were just talking about Trey Lance. I expect Trey Lance to start almost all of the season, save for maybe a cursory game or two for the feet wet, you know, whatever. Um, but now for fantasy, I want Trey Lance, but I do not want Trey Lance's pass catchers unless I can get them pretty deep in my draft. Mm-hmm. His highest pass attempts per game in college was 17.9, so round that up, 18 pass attempts per game as his best. Now, we only have really one season to work off of, mm-hmm. but that seems low. So I went and I compared that to all of the other incoming rookies here from the first round, just to see, like, am I crazy? Trevor Lawrence, his best was 27 per game. His worst was 23 per game. Justin Fields, his best was 28. His worst was 25. Zach Wilson, his best was 35 per game. His worst was 20 per game. Matt Jones, now we're getting towards a guy who, again, a lot of people like, but he was kind of towards the the back end of this this crew coming in. His best and only really was 30 per game. Trey Lance's pass attempts per game are staggeringly low. He made up for that with his legs. He rushed for 1,100 yards. Great for him. That's Mm -hmm. bad for his pass catchers. San Francisco ranked 19th in pass attempts last year. Eighth in rushing rush attempts uh, over the last three years. That's great, as you were talking about for Trey Sermon. Wonderful. Love that. Don't love that for the wide receivers there. And their backfield talking about guys like Trey Sermon or Raheem Mostert or any of them, really. They always leech a bunch of their targets. They make up about 22% of the target share over the last three years. That's not going to go down now that you trade it up for a guy like Trey Sermon. Mm-hmm. That's not going to go down. So... W- what are we doing with you? You're banking on high efficiency. That's why you and I are both on the boat of Debo over Ayuk. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I like it a lot because of efficiency and he gets a little bit of rushing usage, which is kind of nice. Um, now, I think they'll finish close, but I just don't see a path where any of these guys gets 100 targets, even with 17 games now. I think it's going to be really hard <laughs> for any of them. 
I'll, I'll, I'll take that bet with you if, if you'd like. Sure. Now, I think for a bet, because this is a bold prediction right, here. Right, right, For the bet, I only want it for the wide receiver. Yeah, that's Would fine. Would you still take the bet for the wide receiver? Absolutely. No. Yeah, absolutely. Lock that in. All right. All right. Beautiful. I like it. Yeah. Your bet. Here, I'm going to put it right in the show notes so we, we don't forget, because you know how we are. <laughs> Who is your wide receiver bold prediction based off of you? I already gave you my wide receiver. Remember, it was Amari oh, Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. Damn it. This is... I get so excited when we talk about beer bets, Dustin. I don't know what to do with myself. All right. So I, I, I'll throw out a tight end one. How about that? And, and, and instead of rehashing my wide receiver one, I'll just oh, pivot to tight end. All right. Is I'll that fair? I'll listen back to the episode to hear with the wide receiver. All right. Good. <laughs> so my bold prediction is that Evan Ingram returns to form this year and is a top five tight end. Ugh. How, really? do you li- how do you like this? them bananas? I don't like them bananas at all. I'm curious <laughs> to see why you want to put them bananas in your mouth, Dustin. Well, all right. So we are expecting, expecting, and I know camp reports haven't been well, but expecting Daniel Jones to take a step forward. We have what should be a very improved offense this year with Saquon coming back. Free agent Kenny Galladay pulling coverage away. Uh, you've got Sterling Shepard on the other side. What, what's not to like? Why can't Evan Ingram return to form other than maybe getting injured? But I don't like to bake in injury necessarily uh, when I'm doing projections here. And not that I have him projected as top five. Let, let, let's just be clear on that. Uh, that's why this is a bold prediction. But I think that offense opens up this year. Uh, And I know we're relying on Jason Garrett to do something well and and run a very uh, capable offense. But with all these pieces back, there's no reason that um, coverage is taken, that coverage isn't taken away from Evan Ingram, where he should be seeing more open lanes for him to get thrown to. Um, And I think he could be a good uh, red zone target this year, too. So uh, for those reasons, I think he could end up as a top five tight end. And let's be honest, outside the top three, it's a crapshoot anyway. I mean, it, it doesn't take much to get into that. I mean, upper level uh, tight end scoring. I mean, that's true. I mean, look look at the guys that we had last year that finished. Was it Kaseki was up there? Logan uh, Thomas. Logan Thomas. I mean, Tanyan. I mean, yeah. So it, it doesn't take much to to get up that high. I mean, top five is is tough, but I think if if the pieces fall the right way for him, uh, it, it could happen. Does it change your opinion at all? And I'm only curious because I just saw this training camp report today. Two things, actually, we have to talk about real quick for this training camp. One, uh, Kenny Galladay hurt a little bit, limping off that he had to walk off the field with his trainer. Let's just say because he was coming off of injury. It's the only reason I even bring it up. He was coming off of injury from last year, which I know was kind of more of an excuse to sit, I think, than anything. But... Does it worry you, let's say, Kenny Galladay doesn't play or doesn't play a bunch of games? Mm -hmm. Does that change your opinion at all? No. I mean, that just opens up more targets for Ingram. I mean, because the targets have to go somewhere. It's true. Follow-up question. Does it change your opinion at all to know that the New York football giants are fucking imploding in training camp? They're having brawls. I know. Their defense is constantly having to get run around the field uh, as a penalty because the coaches are that pissed off about everybody in camp right now? Well, let's be honest. If the defense sucks, that's only better for the offense. So that actually helps my position. 
Yeah, but I don't think that that was related to like poor play so much. It was just general shittiness is the way that I All right, fair enough. so far. Like being just real dickheads about mm-hmm. it. Uh, just wild shit happening at the uh, the Giants training camp. Justin, I want to beer. We're in the beer bet mode now, apparently. Mm-hmm. I would like to beer bet this one. But I'm not going to make you do top five because like you talked about, he's not projected in your top five right now, correct? No, gosh, You're no. saying that it's very possible, obviously. He very well could do it. He's just not there for you in your rankings. Correct. Right Where do you have him ranked right now? Um, oh, my rankings. Uh, um, let me pull up. Let me pull up the rankings here. I got my projections up, just not my rankings. Enhance. That's what I feel like I'm doing here. Um, I gotta, I gotta find them on my for the feds. I've got, I've got him ranked 21 overall, but I actually have him. Jesus, Justin. I've I've got him projected to finish 14th. Sounds to me like you need to update your rankings. That's what I'm hearing from this. You probably need to move him up further than, unless you're backing in injury, which again. No, no, no. Not banking in injury. Um, Okay. I I mean, could he bump up a couple spots? Yes. But I, I mean, when I'm looking at my rankings, Mm -hmm. I, I kind of like how they are as they are right now so uh but like it's i said just that so many other guys have upside but they yes. have more security is yes. that why he's a little bit further behind yeah like i said i've got him projected to finish 14th so you know just outside mm-hmm. the top 12 tight ends um uh, and, and not that far off point wise from being okay. in the top top eight top seven so uh you know it, it it's possible if, if like i said if he if we see some good regression as far as the touchdowns go, he actually stays healthy. And like I said, if, if Galladay actually plays and, and can pull some of that coverage away uh, and having Barkley on the field is going to help too. So I think as a whole, if this offense can stay healthy, he has a real shot at that. I shouldn't say real shot. There's a chance it could happen. He has a chance. I, feel, I just feel you backing away from this bold prediction with everything that you say. Oh, I'll, I'll I, take the bet. I mean, or what, well, what's your bet for us? I'm clearly not going to... Well, I was trying to find a good dividing line. I thought maybe your ranking would do that, but that is not going to happen. Because, yes, I will take him inside of... Uh, where are the, the top, top 20. 14. <laughs> I'll take him in the top 14 for projections, let's say. Uh, I was going to say 10, honestly. Like, that would be my dividing line is 10. I'll take him outside of the top 10. Outside but that of... that feels lukewarm. I don't know. That doesn't feel like a good beer bet. I... I mean, Jake, bypass this one. Okay, I was no. going to say, I just wanted to remind you your um, your your past record with tight end uh, bets. Uh, so before we actually make this official, I just want to make sure you're committed uh-huh. to this because uh, you've yeah. had such a poor track record with this. <laughs> i.e. All, all things tight end. I.e. Rob Gronkowski last year. I.e. Mike Gusecki last year. I.e. fading Darren Waller last year. Yeah, I, there is no shortage of examples of how terrible I am with, with tight ends. You don't have to remind me of that. Uh, I mean, I would even feel comfortable with tight end 10, but that's just that's such a lame ass bet. So let's put it. Let's put a pin in that. Maybe right. we can revisit it down the road. But okay. for right now, that just seems that just seems gross. OK, I fair think, enough, though. I think, though, we might be able to get one done on this next one for me. All right. And I think that because I've I've taken a look ahead mm-hmm. uh, at our show sheet for a mm-hmm. couple of weeks from now, listeners, where we're going to get into our drinking buddies. Spoiler alert. And I think just maybe this will spark a beer bet here. Correct me if I'm wrong. But 
Dustin for my tight end bold predictions. I think Jordan Cook, new tight end for the LA Chargers, outperforms Logan Thomas, one of those random guys we're talking about from last year that ended up very high. In fact, he was, I think, tied for tight end four last year mm-hmm. with Mr. Robert Tunyon. Jared Cook, in the meantime, coming over from the Saints, he's cleared the path for Adam Troutman, which is wonderful mm-hmm. for him. But let's talk about Jared Cook. He goes to an offense that made Hunter Henry very valuable, right? We can agree it when healthy, mm-hmm. Hunter Henry was great. Mm-hmm. Logan Thomas is relying on 110 targets, tied for the team most from last year on Washington, mm-hmm. tied with J.D. McKissick. Just for context of how batshit that offense was last year for fantasy, 110 targets, both him and McKissick, because of this rotating cavalcade of quarterbacks. He had the great one, Alex Smith, which all do props in real life to that man. But for fantasy, for our purposes, not so great. And then you've got your your Henke, you've got your Haskins, mm-hmm. you've got your Kyle Allen, you've got just this weird hodgepodge of Duke, right? And they, what do they do? They check down. They go to the middle of the field immediately, as quickly as possible. Logan Thomas or J.D. McKissick. Now... You've got actual competition for targets, and you've got an actual quarterback who I know we both love, mm-hmm. Ryan Fitzpatrick this year. You know, mm-hmm. we're both very high on him. And historically, Ryan Fitzpatrick is not as good for tight ends as people make him out to be. He, because Gesicki was great, right? And Fitzpatrick was there, was there last year. Yeah, but Fitzpatrick was worse for Gesicki overall by a lot than Tua was. Tua is what made Kasiki so valuable. He's the one who led him to those boom games that had him finish so high. So now, just Fitzpatrick is not the tight end savior. Jared Cook, on the other hand, is going to be welcoming uh, red zone looks over and over and over again. Hunter Henry was very well utilized in that offense. Um, and Jared Cook, in his own right, always has been. And I love Keenan Allen. Mike Williams is kind of a question mark at this point. He should be good in that this Chargers offense, obviously, but we haven't seen it yet. Jared Cook is like old reliable. And the ADPs, Dustin, this is where it gets fucking bonkers for me. Take a guess at where Logan Thomas is going in ADP. Because he finished as tight end four last year. I'm, I'm going to say he's going in the seventh round. Ooh, you are very much spot on. He is going, uh, oh, uh, yes, yeah, 77th overall. That would be the seventh round. God, right? I am so fucking good sometimes. You are good, but he's going as the eighth tight end off the board. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, if we go all the way down and we keep scrolling, we keep scrolling. I feel like I've helped raise his ADP a little bit more than where it was. It was even later, but he's tight end 18 is Jared Cook. He's going in whatever round overall ADP 154 gets you at. Basically three. Basically at the end of your draft or off of waivers. And Logan Thomas, athletically gifted, sure. Jared Cook, going to get targets this year. Absolutely. I would take Cook in a heartbeat. Well, I will smash that. Um, I actually don't hate Logan Thomas at his ADP. Uh, Not that I'm I'm necessarily a mid-round tight end uh advocate here 
Uh, I feel like if you miss out on the top, you know, three, uh, just punt tight end till the end, uh, essentially, and stream it. But I actually have Logan Thomas finishing projected as uh, the tight end seven overall. So right near where his uh, ADP actually is. So, um, yeah, I will smash that. Done. We did it. We did a tight end beer bet that I feel confident about now. And based off of previous experience, we'll surely feel good about come the end of the season, right? Surely. (laughs) Uh, That was fun. We have to make tight ends fun somehow. I guess. I guess (laughs) so. Well, do you have any... I mean, you're Mr. Prep here. You're Mr. Overachiever. Do you have any last, uh, I don't know, predictions you want to put out there? No. No, we can save them for another time, possibly. Um, yeah, I, I think we've done well here. Um, you know, I know, I know our, our people watching right now only see us at 51 minutes, but you know, we, we have tacked on an extra 15 minutes or so, uh, before we started broadcasting. So, uh, we are over an hour and I feel like we've, we've hit everything pretty well here. What do you think? Yeah, I think we did it and I think we did it good. We did it and then some. Perfect. So folks, reminder. You still have until this Saturday to enter our first ever listener league redraft PPR. It's going to be lots of fun, lots of trash talk. All you have to do, go on Apple Podcasts, give us a rating. We prefer five stars, but we're not going to hold you to that. So give us a rating, write out a review, take a screenshot of both, and you can send it to Jake at Jake Trowbridge on Twitter. You can send it to myself at FFDustyDog on Twitter. Send it to our podcast handle at Drinking Fantasy, or you could submit it via the Google machine, via Gmail at DTFFpod at gmail.com, or, or one more way, go to our website, drinkingandtalkingff.com, and submit um, on the contact us page there. there. There's multiple ways you can get that information to us. Um, so many ways. That's yes. arguably too many ways, though. Yes. And if for some reason you are not on Twitter, that's okay. You don't have to be on Twitter in order to have a submission. Just just like I said, email those in to us and and we'll take your submission there. So you have until Saturday to do it. You don't want to miss out. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited for this. Uh, we've got some things planned as far as how we're going to uh, pick draft order and, and possibly do uh, some sort of live streaming draft day. Uh, uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. It really is. So uh, definitely do that. Uh, Jake, any parting words here? Um, thanks. All thanks right. For listening. All right. <laughs> thanks well. for hopefully submitting. <laughs> and I know I, I'm very excited about this league. Uh, I, I think we sometimes underestimate like how important it is to have the right people in your, people in your league to make it really fun. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking about our home league that's going to be kicking off here very soon. Everybody's kind of shaking the cobwebs off to of that one. And yeah, it may be weird in terms of some of the hinkiness with the you know allowances or the format or whatever, but I wouldn't trade it for the world because it's so fun to trash talk with those people with that group and to go through it. And that's what mm-hmm. I want from our listener league. I want just wonderful trash talk and active waiver process like it's going to be so fun it it really is so uh definitely go do that and until next week folks keep drinking and talking fantasy football cheers f peppers